The PropCast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia, and Arizona. From boosted parlays to in-game odds on every major sport, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today to receive a $1,000 risk-free sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com and start winning today. We're also brought to you by PropSwap, America's marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. Use promo code SGP on your first deposit to receive up to $500 in bonus cash. Head over to PropSwap.com or download the PropSwap app today. We're also brought to you by Better Fantasy. Better Fantasy is a free-to-play app that lets you bet on all your favorite NFL player props for a chance to win awesome prizes. Download the app today over at betterfantasy.com SGPN. That's betterfantasy.com SGPN. We're also brought to you by SoBet. Sign up to bet against your friends and join the social betting revolution at SoBet.io SGPN. That's SoBet.io SGPN. And of course, don't forget to download the SGPN app, your home for all of our free picks and podcasts. Welcome everyone to the PropCast, part of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. It's currently Wednesday, January 19th, 12.48 on the East Coast. And joining me as usual to break down the player props and get to some more NBA news around the league is my main man, the man that does it both on and off the court for SGPN, Scott Reichel. Scott, how are you feeling this uh, Friday, or sorry, Wednesday afternoon? Uh, doing pretty well. It feels like Friday because I'm in Florida, so I'm enjoying <laughs> the sun and the vacation. But I picked a good day to travel because I went on a day where there were two NBA games. So I saved pretty much the entire, I'd say, every team that's basically playing today. That's kind of what's happening. But yeah. when you travel and you barely miss NBA action, it's a pretty good day. Yeah, only two games on the schedule yesterday. Uh, the One of them was good. The yeah, other Minnesota one was over before the game good. started. Yeah. Uh, Detroit did their best trying to get that backdoor cover, but um, they lost that game what, by 16. And yeah. depending on whatever number you got, 14 and a half or 15 and a half, uh, Golden State just came out and uh, took care of business against the Detroit Pistons. But um, yeah, big schedule tonight in the NBA, 13 games, plenty of player props opportunities. Uh, but before we get into our player props, as usual on Wednesdays, Scott likes to uh, either call out a team or praise a team. And he's uh, over the last two weeks here, including today, he's in a uh, good mood or a happy mood and wants to uh, praise a team. So, Scott, I'll give you the floor, man. What do you got? So I'm going to talk about right now the team with the best record in the league. And in my opinion, the best team in the league. I do think that other teams have higher ceilings, but in a night in night out basis, the Phoenix Suns are nuts. I mean, there's really not much else you have to say. They kill everybody. Yep. No mercy. And you're looking at how they've played recently. If people follow me on YouTube, they know that I've been giving out the Suns recently. I ended up winning on Devin Booker's 48-point game against the Spurs. Hell of a fourth quarter there. Yep. Outscored them by 18 in the fourth. But this team's 34-9, and nine, and it feels like nobody cares because the Warriors have Klay Thompson. I know that Draymond's injured, so you're expecting them to end up you know, playing a lot better because defensively they're a lot better when Draymond's on the court, obviously. But still, the Suns the last couple of really just weeks have just been destroying people. I mean, there's really not much else to say. I mean, you're looking through the last eight games. They won by 34 against Charlotte, a pretty good Charlotte team. Mm -hmm. Beat New Orleans on the road by 13. Beat the Clippers by 17. I know both the teams aren't good. They lost to Miami. Then they played Toronto on the road. Tough place to play. Won by four. Played the Pacers and won that game handily by 18. Mm -hmm. Played the Pistons, won by 27, and then played the Spurs on the road and won by 14. Now, I know that a lot of those teams I mentioned aren't the greatest, but a lot of road games. So the fact that they're just going into opposing arenas and just smacking people, mm -hmm. they're 17 and four on the road this season. So it doesn't matter if they're at home. They're on the road. I made the equivalent, I'd say, or the argument, or I made the um, yeah comparison that this Suns team reminds me a lot of the old-fashioned Popovich Spurs teams. Of course, you don't have the Duncans. You don't have those guys. But it doesn't matter who they're playing. Nobody's going to talk about them. And you look up, and they randomly have 65 wins at the end of the year. Because the Suns right now 
are on pace for about 64. And I know that we're talking about a lot of coach of the years uh, candidates because you have Bickerstaff, you have Donovan. Truth is, with the injuries, I think Donovan's candidacy is kind of falling apart right now. But we'll see what happens. Mm-hmm. You still have you now. You have Memphis because Memphis has been rolling, so Jenkins has a shot. But if the Suns win like sixty four games, I don't know how Monty Williams loses. I mean, this team is just clear cut, consistent, day in day out, no mercy. We're winning by fifteen. That's just how it goes. Yeah, I think at this point for coach of the year, I think it's really down to two guys. One you already mentioned, Monty Williams. I think the other one is JB Biggerstaff. Yeah, you know, I think those uh, are the two. But Memphis, yeah. if they can push for two or three, mm-hmm. I do think that Jenkins is extremely live. Yeah, hundred percent. And the odds are, and I think we talked about this last week or the prior week. We have like five coaches right now that have odds that are below ten to one, right? And like you mentioned, Taylor Jenkins seven to one, Biggerstaff four to one, and right now the betting favorite on DraftKings is Monty Williams at three to one. Um, but yeah, about this, um, Phoenix Suns team, you're right. They've won now seven out of their last eight games. They've been crushing opponents. They, you know, they, they don't play down to competition. That's what I like about this team is that they'll go out and they'll take care of business. There's a lot of other teams that are good in this league that they'll play down to competition. They won't bring the effort night in and night out, but Phoenix Suns, they'll go out and take care of business. Like you mentioned, they beat, you know, the Raptors, the Pacers, the, the Pistons, the Spurs handedly. Of course, they're not good teams that we just mentioned, but yeah. you have to remember home court advantage, even for bad teams means something. Of course, mm-hmm. some teams are not going to play well, no matter what, because they don't have the talent. We saw that with Detroit pretty much every time they play. But the point is, is that we know that if teams are going to have a either get up spot for a team, because I'm sure Phoenix is circled on people's calendars at this point because they're that good around the league. Mm -hmm. Even at home, these teams have no answers. They're just getting run out of their own gyms. Yeah. And I don't see them stopping uh, the domination as of late. I mean, they have Dallas, I believe it, tomorrow night. Then they have Indiana. They have two against Utah. Well, the Uh, Dallas game should be great because Dallas has been rolling as well. I find Dallas the most confusing team in the league, but they've been playing well. I actually hit a nice Doncic triple-double prop there uh, against the thunder the other night but yeah props to the mavericks for getting it together but looking at the suns the thing is even with ayton who's been banged up for the for a decent amount of the season on and off i know he injured the ankle again oh no big deal we'll bring back bismack biumbo off the bench for 17 and 14 it doesn't even matter who you use you got javel mcgee you throw in jalen smith in there it's actually been okay you got biumbo now it seems like they have that system which is what I kind of mentioned with the Spurs comparison, where they can just bring in anybody off the bench, a bunch of no-names that people overlook around the league, and they all produce all the time. Yeah, they have eight guys right now uh, on their team that are averaging double digits in scoring. And I think this is a point that I made last season was that they needed to go out and get a backup center, and they went out and did that, right? They got JaVale McGee, who stepped in nicely, especially in the absence of DeAndre Aiden, who's been in and out of the lineup, like you mentioned. And also... Bismarck Biombo has been, you know, serviceable for them as well. He's averaging 6.3 rebounds along with eight and a half points for them. So, um, and Jalen Smith, like you mentioned as well, right? Uh, he's averaging about 14 minutes per game, 6.6 uh, points and about 5.5 rebounds. So the bigs, they're doing a great job of rebounding for them. And then, you know, it makes it a lot easier when you have a, a two, a Hall of Fame point guard, probably the best point guard in my opinion ever, and Chris Paul. Uh, who's just just getting better with age. And then Devin Booker's just flat-out scoring. Like you said, he had that huge 48-point night against the San Antonio Spurs the other night. So this team, again, I, don't, I would be very, very shocked if they were not in the Western Conference Finals again uh, in the playoffs, barring a Chris Ball hamstring. But um, yeah, Or this, Booker. Or, course. yeah, even Booker. So, that, yeah, there's a significant fall-off after those two guys. But That's also healthy. a specific praise I want to give. Sorry, but yeah, uh, when talk about the Suns, talk about the whole team and how they can plug and play players. Mm-hmm. We talk about the rise that Jaws having because, of course, he's been fantastic for the entire season when healthy. Yeah. We got to talk about this recent stretch by Booker because this is yeah. starting to get a little bit wild. Just putting up 35 every night at 48 against the Spurs. People seem – I know that you can never – compare anybody to Kobe but when Booker was originally coming up and he had that 70 point game against Boston yeah people were trying to make the Kobe comparison which is insulting to Kobe but still just bear with me yeah the scoring ability is there right 
I don't know if you can say that the desire to win and all that stuff that all the other intangibles that Kobe had, mm-hmm. I'm not going to make that comparison, but when it comes to just the actual willingness or just the ability to drop 50 on any given night, Booker's in one of those rare territories where I can understand why people initially made that comparison. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't have made that comparison, but there are some similarities there. Yeah, I agree. I think even Devin Booker, like I think this was mentioned maybe a couple weeks ago or even last season that um, the comparisons are still there with Kobe. But, you know, Devin Booker himself has said, hey, don't compare me to Kobe Bryant. Um, He's inspired by him um, and he has that quote unquote Mamba mentality, but I am not Kobe Bryant, as he says. And, you know, yeah, I don't think it's insulting for Kobe Bryant. I mean, you know, Devin Booker is an absolutely fantastic player, a guy that can score from any part of the floor. Right. But I think that, yeah, you're right. That Devin Booker may right now doesn't have that killer instinct that that Kobe had that it factor. A lot of us, you know, that grew up watching Kobe Bryant has maybe not there yet for Devin Booker. He's still young, but again, he's, he's, he's going to be a, a top 10, if not already a top seven, eight player in the league. Barely, very, very soon here. What do you think about that? Scoring wise, yeah. yeah. Offensively, he's got a bag and a half. I feel like people always talk about Kyrie being the most skilled, quote unquote, player in the league, whatever that means, because yeah. of just all the moves that he has and his ability to shoot. Booker's on a level where there, are, I think, are a handful of guys. Of course, the MVP candidates year in, year out, who can just go into any given game and drop 50. Mm-hmm. You have the MVP candidates, you throw in a healthy Lillard, you throw in a Beal every now and then. Yeah. Beal never wins when he drops 50, but they still score. He can score 50 every now and then. Mm-hmm. But Booker just has an offensive gear to him that I'd say about 99% of the league does not have. It's a select group of guys. And Booker, out of all the people I mentioned, I think you can argue that Booker and Beal are the outsiders looking in. Lillard, of course, being the middle, and then you have the MVP candidates. But Booker is a hell of a player to watch. I know he wasn't great in the finals down the stretch. True, there's nobody on the team really was. They just managed to win anyway, or they managed to win two games and lose four in a row. But I'm a huge Booker guy. I I think he's such a good player, and people can compare him to other guys around the league, and people are going to hold it against him that he had a bad finals performance last year. I don't really care. Just watching him play, you know how talented he is, and you know that if he can piece it all together, which you're hoping that Chris Paul's instilling some knowledge in him every single year they're together. Yeah. He's going to be scary, like yeah. potentially averaging 30 points per game. Scary. He's that talented. Yeah. And last year was the first year that he was in an actual NBA postseason, Um, And I think he did the best that he could. I mean, getting that playoff taste, that playoff, you know, experience, I think it's going to be big for Devin Booker. And well, he, he was back. different when he broke his nose. Yeah, when he had the issue, when they had the thing with Beverly before that, he was doing really well. He had the big game, one couple big shots there. Mm -hmm. But the truth is the entire Denver series, people don't remember Booker because that was probably Chris Paul's like magnum opus for an entire playoff series. Like that, that was absolutely insane how badly Chris Paul dominated. And then the one game best performance by Chris Paul was the clinching game against the Clippers where he just did whatever he wanted the entire time. So Booker was kind of an afterthought because everyone was talking about the Chris Paul narrative. He's finally going to do it. He's going to lead his team. He's going to do all this. He's putting up massive numbers. Booker was great for the first like series and a half and people just didn't care. Yeah, I agree with everything that you're saying there and kind of looking ahead for the rest of the season for the Suns. um, Right now, the updated number for them is at 58 and a half for their win. If they stay healthy, they're, they're, cruising to 60 yeah. and they still have the seventh easiest schedule remaining uh in the 39 games that are left here in the nba uh season so far crazy to think we're already past almost half or we are past the halfway point of the nba season but yeah, i do man. want to ask you one thing yeah. about the suns though just yeah. not to spend too much time on it but we did talk about chris paul who i think is a top five point guard of all time mm-hmm. i don't think it's really close i think he's easily in the top five he's a great player yeah. devin booker we talked about who He's not a top 10 player in the league, but I think he might be a top five scorer in the league, yeah. which is a distinction that you can make, or at least top 10 scorer in the league. What's your thoughts on Aiden? Because he's a guy who I really liked in college at Arizona. Of course, I was a big Luka guy. I was on board. 
I thought Aiden would go number one because of the fact that he played at Arizona. Mm-hmm. Suns had the number one pick. It seemed like it was a perfect local fit, so I'm not surprised Aiden went there. I thought, I thought Luca would be a Hall of Famer, so I, I expected that to happen. But the Aiden situation, first of all, the Suns not paying him yet, which I still find extremely fascinating. Mm-hmm. And second of all, how good is he? Because I think he's very talented, yeah. but I also don't know how much of his performance is inflated by having one of the most selfless point guards in the league. Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say is that I want to see what DeAndre Aiden is going to look like once uh, Chris Paul does decide to retire or you know goes to another organization, whatever the case might be. But I want to see what DeAndre Aiden looks like without having Chris Paul there. We know what Devin Booker is going to be capable of for DeAndre Ayton. Um, number one, health is might be an issue because he is a big man, and, you know, big men tend to break down a lot easier than, you know, his card sometimes. But, um, you know, the field goal percentage is there for him. He's improved. Good free scoring. throw shooter. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I think the big question is, is that what is life like for DeAndre Ayton or what type of player is DeAndre Ayton? once Chris Paul is not there. But, you know, he's been great for them over the last two seasons here, right? I mean, last season, 14.4 rebounds. It was down from the previous year before Chris Paul got there. But, you know, rebounding has been consistent for him all career long. He's averaging around 10 and a half throughout his career. That's been pretty consistent. But, yeah, I think I can't make the assumption or a judgment on him until I see him without Chris Paul. Do you think that's why they didn't pay him? Possible. I think so. What do you think? I'm, I can't think of any other reason. I, I mean, I can't blame him for what happened in the finals last year because when you're the only center on the entire team, because, of course, he had the injuries, even though Sarge isn't a real center, he would have gotten cooked by Giannis anyway. But yeah. people roasted uh, Aiton's defense in the NBA finals. What is he supposed to do? I mean, Giannis had one of the best NBA finals of all time. Yeah. Uh, am I going to blame Aiton? for having no backup center, for getting into foul trouble all the time because he has to body Giannis every time. And it's his fault that Giannis goes for 50-plus because he turns into Steph Curry from the foul line for one game. I can't blame DeAndre Ayton for that. I think he's a very good player. Yeah, I agree. Um, I'm glad that they addressed getting some backup uh, centers. They picked up McGee. Pretty good rim protector, we can say. Uh, they picked up uh, Biombo, maybe a little undersized, but I, I'm glad that the Suns were able to pick up some backup centers. I think they need one more bench shooter. That's what because I was, I'm so anti Landry Shamit. Yeah, and that's what I said. I was, I was, and I said this when we were previewing the Western Conference is that I felt like the Phoenix Suns needed one more uh, playmaker off the bench or scorer off the bench to kind of bolster the bench. I mean campaign is going to only take you so far um but very erratic or i guess we'd say inconsistent but i feel like i think an eric gordon type of player would be yeah. um great for the phoenix sun especially coming off of the bench and leading i think i think the best fit of the guy that i'm thinking of of course he's not available but hear yeah. me out yeah i think jordan clarkson's the type of guy you're trying to look for yeah somebody who can just give some juice to the bench unit of course, the all we know the starters are great. Yeah, you know you got Booker, you got Paul, you got Aiton. Yeah. You, you really don't need much more. Even Crowder's been very good. Mm-hmm. But you go to the bench unit and Payne, who I think is a very streaky player, we can agree on that. But he's got yeah. talent. They need somebody else who can create off the dribble off the bench because when you're throwing in Wainwright for about ten minutes a game or so, no offense to Wainwright, but he's got really no offensive talent at all. Yeah. Landry Shamit thinks he's a lot better than he is, mm-hmm. which is a serious problem. <laughs> I can't believe they gave up a first-round pick for him. But I th- they do need somebody who can create off the dribble, either from a bottom feeder team or even from a team that's trying to unload some pieces, like in Indiana or a Boston. Yeah. They need somebody. like I could see an Aaron Holiday type coming off the bench for the Suns, something like that. Uh, would a Buddy Heald fit there, that second unit? I think they'd have to give up too much for Heald. Okay. That's the thing is that the Suns have the perfect roster right now. The only thing they're missing is just a little bit of extra juice to the bench unit. So I agree three-point shooting is important, but when Heald is mentioned in a Russell Westbrook trade in the offseason, yeah. I'm assuming the Suns will have to trade several pieces with maybe a pick or two attached. I think that's a little bit too much. Yeah. I'm thinking more of the quick fix flamethrower. He can play defense, but like a, like a Bertans type. His contract's terrible, but... Um, 
I know Forbes just got traded, but like one of those players, somebody yeah. who can just shoot some threes off the bench, play some defense, and occasionally put the ball on the floor. Like a Joe Harris. Yeah, Joe net. Harris. I think a Terrence Ross from Orlando probably. That's a great good. fit. Terrence yeah. Ross like the perfect example. Thank you. Yeah. That's exactly what I'm looking for. Yeah, so I think like a Terrence Ross, I, the Eric Gordon type, Jordan Clyde, I think that would be an absolute great fit for uh, that second unit. Ross, I'd say, would be the most likely to go there, yeah. but that really does seem like the perfect piece because Ross, he's not known for his passing, but he can attack the rim and he can shoot. And on the bench unit, if you could, sw- if you could take out Landry Shamit's minutes yeah. and replace him with Ross – that's a massive upgrade in my book. Yeah, 100%. I agree. Uh, yeah, I, I'm, yeah, like I said, they, they, addressed the, they addressed the backup center position in the offseason. Now maybe at the trade deadline, they go out and get that extra piece that they need on the bench. Um, so, again, and put them right up there to be in that Western Conference Finals. Again, like I, I think said. the Suns are right there, though. I, yeah. I still think Golden State needs something. I, I don't want to segue this into a full Golden State conversation, but I feel yeah. like when you talk about the Suns in the Western Conference, you kind of have to talk about – who they're competing with, because those are clearly the two best teams in the conference. And in my opinion, the two best teams in the league. I I just think that they're so much better than everyone else. But I feel like Golden State, I mentioned the Phoenix bench issue. I don't know what Golden State has for a bench. Now, of course, you can rotate Poole, bring him off the bench. Now that Clay's back, and that's going to be a huge sixth man, or you just converted him into a sixth man. Mm -hmm. They need something. And maybe it's because I'm not the biggest Kevon Looney guy. Yeah, But their backup center, of course, you're waiting for Wiseman, but that's still up in the air. You don't know what's going to happen in that whole situation. Mm-hmm. I feel like they need like several pieces, Golden State. I still like them. They still have the upside with Clay and with Curry, who can just go nuts at any time, yeah. and Draymond defensively. But mm-hmm. I feel like Phoenix is one piece away from having their finalized roster. I feel like Golden State's like two or three. They're not big pieces, but off the bench, they need to definitely upgrade a couple of positions. Yeah, I, I, like when they get Draymond back here, we're going to see the big three of them. You know, we know the, those are going to be three starters. Uh, Jordan Poole, like you mentioned, he will be the first guy off the bench for them. Are we sure Iggy's going to hold up for an entire season and playing gonna, in the Death Star lineup? Yeah, and that was going to say that Iggy's probably going to be getting minutes in the playoffs as well, but then you still need one more guy. I'm not sure if Gary Payne's going to get minutes in the playoffs. I don't He should think. for defense just because yeah. of how good he is, but Kaminga's looked good in small doses. Yeah. I don't know if I trust him in a playoff series against no. Phoenix, but no. they need something. Yeah, they might make who knows. I mean, they're they're always willing to roll the dice and, and acquire another player um to kind of bolster their team and, and put them into that champ- championship conversation. Uh anything else for the Phoenix Suns or the Warriors uh, Scott before we get into our player props? Not really. I feel like you'd agree with me, but I'm just going to reiterate it. They're the best two teams in the league. Yeah. And I don't think it's really close. Yeah. 100%. I think the only other team. No. Yeah. These are the two best. I think at full health. Well, Kyrie confirmed he's not getting vaccinated. So you don't have to worry about the big three for an entire seven game series. Yeah, that is true. So uh, yeah, definitely Phoenix and uh, Golden State uh, in the Western conference for sure. And in the entire league right now playing some of the best basketball, even though the Warriors Sorry, struggling a little bit. I think that's been a big case because they don't have Draymond Green on the floor. Uh, Let's put a bow on that, Scott. Let's take a quick break here, but we'll come back and we'll get into our player props uh, for this uh, Wednesday night schedule. Ready to win money and boost your odds? WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. We're bringing the excitement of Win Las Vegas to online sports betting and casino play. Exclusive rewards right at your fingertips. Get in on all your favorite teams, players, and sports from NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL, golf, MMA, WNBA, college football, and more. WinBet has some brand new bonuses. Bet $5, win 400 and free bets. Win a VIP trip to Shaq's Funhouse in LA. Bet $20 on WinBet's Build Your Own Bet feature. And earn a chance to win a once-in-a-lifetime experience for the big game. You win three guests will receive a VIP experience at Shaq's Funhouse, two nights at Win Las Vegas, a $5,000 free bet at a Win Las Vegas Sportsbook, and $5,000 travel credit. Great promos, odds, and payouts are happening right now at WinBet. For boosted parlays to live in-game odds on every major sport, we have what you need to win. Ready to play? Sign up today to receive a special offer, risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Bet big, win bigger with WinBet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com and start winning today. We're also brought to you by PropSwap, where America buys and sells sports bets. 
The NFL playoffs are in full swing and prop swappers are cashing in. Like Will from Arizona, who on Sunday night sold his $50, 101-49er Super Bowl ticket for $500 on prop swap. Will locked in his profit when he turned his $50 bet into $500. The buyer got great odds and the seller made 10 times his bet. Prop swap has thousands of buyers across the country, so you'll always find the best odds and collect the most money from your bets. Hurry and download the free PropSwap app today. PropSwap has fantastic features like filtering listed tickets based on the best value, a free activity feed to stay in the know with all the big sales and red hot tickets for sale, a loyalty rewards program that turns your ticket sales into extra bonus cash, and a first deposit cash match. Use promo code SGP on your first deposit and PropSwap will match your deposit up to $500. Join the real sports bettors on PropSwap, where America buys and sells sports bets. All right, coming off of the break, uh, let's get into our player props here. Scott, I'll give you the floor first, man. What do you got for your first player prop? So first one, talked about uh, before we went on air, how I like Cleveland tonight. But I got to talk about the player who's been on fire lately, Darius Garland. And I got to look at his assist number. It's at nine and a half at even money. Are you serious? Are we watching the same game? Because Garland's been walking into 11 assists basically every single time. Yep. He's recorded at least 11 assists in four of his last five games. Chicago's defense has fallen apart. You might get Caruso back, but no Lonzo. We know Lonzo is the guy who's guarding the best perimeter player on the other team. Mm-hmm. And Chicago's allowed at least 114 points in each of the last four. And Chicago, the entire season, has not been great defensively, ranking 19th in defensive efficiency. But when you record at least 11 assists in four of the last five and you're pushing 15 in your last couple of games, nine and a half at even money. Sure. I'll take the over with Garland. <laughs> yeah, 100%. Again, uh, this was a player I think uh, John was on on his points prop on Monday. Uh, but yeah, 18 assists against Thunder, 12 against the Brooklyn Nets, like you mentioned, 14 against the Jazz, 11 against the Sacramento Kings for the month of uh, January, he's averaging right at 10.4. But over, like you said, over the four of the last five games, absolutely um, the best player for the uh, Cleveland Cavaliers. Uh, not getting enough credit. I definitely do think that he should be an all-star this year for what he's been able to do for this Cleveland Cavaliers team, uh, especially in the absence of Colin Sexton not having Ricky Rubio anymore for the season as well. So, Well, how much do you value winning into all-stars? Because it clearly doesn't matter. Yeah, but it's a popularity like, contest. If we had to talk about how meaningful a player is to a team, I would vote Garland over Trey Young. Trey Young's going to get the spot. Yeah, yeah. But I would I would personally pick Garland over Young because the Hawks stink. And yeah. a large reason why is because Trey Young doesn't guard anybody. Yeah. And um, even like defensively, you know, this, I mean, he's getting averaging almost a steal per game. Um, he's, not, he's not a great defender because he's undersized, but he tries. Yeah. The effort know? is there, right? And that's all you can ask for from a guy like Darius Garland, especially. You know, he's playing the heavy minutes as well. He's averaging close to 36 minutes per mm-hmm. game, at least in the month of January. But, yeah, I do love the assist prop here for uh, Darius Garland tonight against the Chicago uh, Bulls. Uh, for my first player prop, I'm going to go over to that Washington Wizards and the Brooklyn Nets game. I'm going to go Patty Mills. Let's go over two and a half, three-point shots made for him. Um, the attention is going to be on Kyrie and Harden. You know that, and that should open up opportunities for Mills. Uh, Mills has made three or more three-point shots in four of the last five games for the Nets. Earlier this season, these two teams did match up, um, the Wizards and the Nets. Mills scored 21 points in that game. Uh, He hit five uh, three-pointers on nine attempts. I did see that the Wizards' three-point defense is improved over the last five games, but their opponents were the Magic twice, who are dead last in three-point shooting percentage, the Thunder, the Sixers, and the Blazers, who are all ranked 20th or worse in that same span over the last five games. But I think, you know, Patty Mills is going to be um, pivotal in the absence of Kevin Durant. Um, and again, the attention that's going to go to Kyrie and Harden, I think that should open up opportunities for Mills to at least hit three three-point shots here tonight against the Washington Wizards. And the books are expecting a lot of points in this game. I see the totals up to, what, 235 now. So uh, give me Patty Mills over two and a half three-point shots made. What was that on the overnight, 230? Uh, I think it opened up. Let me see the opening number. I think it was like uh, 230, 230 231. And 230 yeah. and a half, yeah. Yeah, I, I can't say that I'm surprised. <laughs> You're getting a lot of over money because the Nets can't guard anybody. But 
Uh, speaking of the same matchup, I thought as soon as you brought up Wizards and Nets that you were going to steal my second prop. It's Kuzma. I'm yeah. taking the I rebounds. A, I had a feeling you were going to go there. <laughs> I mean, how, how am I not going to go there? I mean, the rebounds are 9.5. It's around minus 102. He's recorded at least 10 rebounds in eight of his last 10 games. He's playing a bunch of minutes. He's played at least 34 minutes in 10 of his last 11 games. And this is the second meeting. He recorded 12 rebounds in the first meeting. He just walks into double-digit rebounds every game. He's a prop cast Hall of Famer. That's what he is. I don't really know what more to add. Yeah, this season, I think Kyle Kuzma, first ballot SGPN or prop cast Hall of Famer uh, like we had last season. But, yeah, I'm not going to argue against that. I think that, you know, Kuzma has been playing well with the Wizards, rebounding the basketball, especially um, the stats don't lie. Just go and take a look at the Kuzma um, – game log and you'll see for yourself so not gonna hate on that play uh for kyle kuzma here tonight against the uh brooklyn nets these two teams did match up i think he had a pretty good rebounding game in that game as well 12 yeah 12 so there you go um for my next player prop i'm gonna go over to the hawks and the uh timberwolves game tonight I'm going to go with a player that just returned from injury for the Hawks. That's DeAndre Hunter over 13 and a half points tonight. Um, Hunter returned for the Hawks on January 12th against the Heat. And it seemed like that he's really picked up right where he left off before he got injured. He scored 15 or more points in three out of the last four games since he's returned, including Monday night, where he scored uh, 20 points on 17 attempts for the Hawks. Um, These attempts are going to be there again for DeAndre Hunter tonight. The Hawks are going to be without Clint Capella, Bogdan Bogdanovich. Expect him to have a big role as usual. Uh, Hunter has also gotten up double-digit shot attempts uh, in three out of the last four games. The fourth game, he only had nine, uh, but he has also the ability to knock down the three-point shot as well. And he's getting the minutes as well because, again, the injuries that the Hawks do have right now between Capella and Bogdanovich. So uh, I look for DeAndre Hunter to uh, have a big scoring night or at least get over this 13-and-a-half projection um, against the Timberwolves here tonight. We're on a back-to-back. Well, you also mentioned the injuries, but another piece is the fact that they traded Cam Reddish for yeah. a, basically a first-round pick and a bench warmer because mm-hmm. Kevin Knox is never going to play. So yeah. they I'm assuming a big reason why Reddish was shipped off, besides the fact that they clearly weren't working out, was that they knew Hunter was about to come back. So that, that made Reddish more expendable. And I do think that the team should really like Hunter because he's easily their best defensive player. Yeah. <laughs> so he kind of has to play a lot of minutes. But for my third prop, I'm going to look at... Well, I'm going to go with a superstar in this one. I'm looking at Mr. Big Face Coffee. I'm looking at Jimmy Butler, over 14 and a half for assists and rebounds at around minus 115. Main reason, Kyle Lowry's out, and he's gone over this number in each of the last four games that Lowry has not played in. He's played at least 34 minutes in five of the last six games, or five of his last six games, so he gets a bunch of minutes as he should. Portland, atrocious defensive team, as they are 28th in defensive efficiency, and Portland also a pretty mediocre rebounding team. Portland ranks 14th in rebounding rate. Miami ranks 4th. But with Lowry out of the lineup, we know Butler had a triple-double last game. Yeah, 14 and a half assists and rebounds is way too low for a guy that could get either 10 rebounds or 10 assists in any given game. Yep. I got to take the over. Yeah, there's been, I think, five games so far this season where uh, Jimmy Butler has played without Kyle Lowry. The last four games, he's gone over this number fairly, very easily, 20, 23, 16, and 20 uh, for Jimmy Butler. Uh, Like you mentioned, he had a triple-double against the Toronto Raptors the other night. Um, Do you see a price on his triple-double for tonight? I I wouldn't be surprised if he put up another one uh, against the Blazers. Uh, let me see. I guess the only concern you have with the triple doubles that Portland is so bad that you're yeah. worried about a blowout, but yeah. it might not matter because if you're expecting Miami, who isn't exactly lighting it up offensively, they're good, yeah. but they're not amazing, amazing. You might see Portland hang around a bit, but let me see what we got here. I see um, seven to one on one book. I'm assuming it's going to be around the same. You could probably find maybe an eight to one if you're lucky, but yeah. The point is that Butler is definitely live for a triple-double. Yeah. And if that's the case, I'll take the over 14 and a half. Yeah, I see an eight-to-one on the uh, fan duel like you uh, mentioned. Yeah. Yeah, Uh, yeah, I love that play, man, Um, for Jimmy Butler here tonight. Uh, For my next one or my last one, it's going to be a guy that I've been talking about a lot on the propcast. And, again, the market still hasn't adjusted for this guy, but it's going to be Jaron Jackson Jr. I'm taking over one-and-a-half blocks. 
uh, for uh, Triple J tonight uh, against the Milwaukee Bucks. And this was my best bet on Monday um, on the prop cast. It was over two and a half blocks and steals. He got five blocks alone in that game. And he's actually just been crushing it. Uh, Mutombo Jr. Yeah, Jaron Jackson Jr. Yeah. Um, no, I'm saying Mutombo Jr. He's oh, blocked Mutombo shots Jr. every single game. <laughs> Yeah, uh, Bucks are allowing opposing teams to get at least nine steals per game, which ranks 28th in the league. In the last five games, um, opposing teams are getting close to five blocks from that power forward and center position. Uh, in the month of January, Jackson is averaging 3.3 blocks and 1.3 steals. Jackson has gone over this projection. I, uh, if you want to do a combination of steals and blocks at two and a half, but I'm going to take the over one and a half blocks, but he's gone over that projection in eight out of the last 10 games in the month of January. And like I said, opposing centers against the bucks uh, and power forwards are getting 3.1 blocks and 2.4 blocks on average over the last seven days. So Jaron Jackson, Jr. Matumbo Jr. Like uh, Scott mentioned over one and a half blocks tonight. Uh, I believe this is that even money uh, against the Milwaukee bucks tonight, Scott. Yeah, I can't really argue with that. I think the one point I'll make to add on to that next year, whatever the opening price is, I'm betting Jaron Jackson to win defensive player of the year. Oh, yeah. I I feel like whatever the price is, it's going to be too high, and I'm going to take it. (laughs) Because he should be one of the five favorites because of the stats he puts up defensively. Mm -hmm. He won't be because nobody cares about Memphis. But I do think he'll be, I'd say, deserving of like a 10-to-1 price. And he might get like a 20 to one price or something like that. I'll definitely grab a piece for next season. Yeah. So I love, uh, yeah, I've been, uh, I've been looking at this and that is his game log is, is absolutely amazing. He's just been, Oh, he just walks into four shit. blocks like every yeah. single game at this point. Yeah. So it's been incredible. So we'll keep on pounding that, especially at even money over one and a half tonight against the Milwaukee bucks. Uh, Scott, let's take one uh, last break here. We'll come back. We'll get into our best bets for tonight and we'll get into some uh, final thoughts for this NBA schedule. So we'll be right back. After we hear from our sponsors. The fantasy season may be over, but the action is still coming on the Better Fantasy app. Download their free-to-play app today to bet on player props for the NFL playoffs. You can also enter their player prop pools and score big when you win. We love Better Fantasy because we can win awesome prizes and even raise money for charity along the way too. It's totally free to play. You'll earn better credits by completing challenges and use them to place your bets. Better Fantasy is available worldwide and in all 50 U.S. states. Download the app today over at betterfantasy.com SGPN. That's betterfantasy.com SGPN. Since when did sports betting become so rigid? Sports betting is meant to be social. When I picture betting, I picture bootleggers with mustaches tossing bets around in a speakeasy. SoBet is taking the social lineage of betting and putting a modern twist on it by providing a modern platform. SoBet is changing the game with their new product. Head over to SoBet.io and create an account to see for yourself. Through their fully functioning and free web application, you can access a demo of their app which will launch next fall. The app includes consensus lines from Vegas, a feed of what other people are betting on, and the ability to send friendly wagers to anyone you know via QR codes, text, and links among other methods. No money is transacted on the app and is purely competitive. Next time you're with your friends watching sports, turn the dial up a notch. Go to SoBet.io and you and see who can win and hit the most ridiculous bets. Users have the ability to place bets off Vegas odds or generate a bet by changing any metric they want, as long as somebody is on the other side to accept. Let's get back to the roots of betting with SoBet. Go to SoBet.io slash SGPN. That's SoBet.io slash SGPN today to join the revolution. And don't forget, guys, the SGPN app is now live on the App Store and Google Play Store. The app gives you access to all of our picks and podcasts. Don't forget to toss up an app review and download the SGPN app today. All right, coming off of the break, let's get into our best bet. Scott, I'll give you uh, first the floor here first. Uh, what do you got for your best bet? So usually I have one that I definitely like above the other ones. I love all three of my plays tonight. I think that they all have real chances of winning. I think there's a decent chance of a sweep. Uh, hopefully it didn't jinx anything. But <laughs> I got to go with the Hall of Famer. I'm taking Kuzma because the rebounds have just been so good in this season in general and on this show. So I got to take Kuzma over nine and a half rebounds at around minus 102. When you're recording 10-plus rebounds in 80 or last 10, and you're playing a bunch of minutes, and you had 12 in the first meeting, 
and Durant's also a very good rebounder because he is seven feet tall. Yeah. So I'm expecting the Nets are going to look worse on the glass. Mm-hmm. Kuzma, if he plays enough minutes, which he should, because the Nets are still talented, totals in the 230s. You're expecting a track meet to break out. Yeah. I got to like the over because he just walks into double-doubles like it's nobody's business. Give me the over and Kuzma rebounds. Yeah, I like it, man. Um, for my best bet, I'm going to go with DeAndre Hunter over 13 and a half points. And again, I get, like you mentioned, the track meet that's going to be in Brooklyn and Washington because of the total. I think we're going to get the same here in Minnesota uh, visiting the Atlanta Hawks where the total is now all the way up to 236. So uh, again, DeAndre Hunter, for the reasons that we mentioned, no Capella, no Bogdanovich. Cam Reddish uh, with the trade, um, he should be more featured in this uh, rotation as a starter, and he should be getting the, again, the shot attempts that I mentioned in the handicap. So give me DeAndre Hunter over 13 and a half points tonight, uh, hosting the Minnesota Timberwolves. Scott, any final thoughts for tonight, man? I know we have a big schedule, 13 games. Any uh, games that are catching your eye here? Well, I know you ended up mentioning the Hawks game, just looking into an actual player prop here. Mm-hmm. We got a battle of two prop cast favorites of mine with well, I'll start, I'll start with that game, and then I'll go on to the Hawks game. But yeah. you got DeJounte Murray against Shea Gilgis, and I just find <laughs> that matchup extremely fascinating. I, I know Murray has not gotten a triple-double in a while. Yeah, It's not for lack of trying. He's been either like one rebound short, one assist short on several occasions, Yeah, and the Thunder just gave up a triple-double to Doncic. Mm-hmm. I do think Murray's extremely live for the triple-double tonight, so I'm looking at that. And if you're looking for a potential big game by a guy i know you just mentioned the total you mentioned deandre hunter but i do think if you're looking for a player to have a massive game like potentially 40 plus points Mm -hmm. i think trey young has a great chance to go for 35 plus 40 plus yeah he's plus 300 to go for 35 he's plus 830 to go for 40 40 always is difficult to do But for a total like that against a team on a back-to-back with two teams that I'm expecting will play up-tempo, I think Trey Young could have a huge game because we saw him against the Bucs in the last game that he played. He had 30-10. and He looked fantastic. And even though the team has struggled, it's not because Young's offensive numbers are bad. It's because the defensive numbers are bad. Yeah. But I'm not sure Minnesota can guard him. So I think if you're looking for a plus 300 shot on him to score 35 or even a plus 830 shot on him to score 40, I think Young is in a very prime position to put up a ton of points tonight. It's going to have to be on the back of uh, Trey Young tonight, like we mentioned, uh, the, de- the injuries that they're dealing with. And again, we know that he's a guy that can go out and put out 30, 35 points on any given night if you want. So, yeah, that's going to be a fun game to watch for sure here tonight as well. Um, Do you have any games you're looking teams. at as like some props you're keeping an eye on? Um I, the, the ones that I mentioned, obviously, but then, yeah, I think the yeah. ones that you mentioned with the Jante Murray Shea, that's going to be a lot of fun. Um, there was one other game that I was looking at. You're looking at, at Terry, Don's tri- triple-double uh, again against Toronto or no? Uh, I just feel like that game's going to end up like 88-78 because these, oh, yeah. <laughs> these two teams are like really good defensively over the past five games. And I think the pace is like down for these teams as well. I, I want to ask you this quickly before we wrap up. Without Kevin Durant now, do we automatically almost cut – Bet James Harden to have a triple double every night. I I'll be around three to one or four to one every night. I I won't just because he hasn't had many this year. I feel like people have been trying to take the same approach you have, yeah. Which is Harden has to go back to Houston mode. He has to do this when Durant's not there. Yeah. And if you've watched the Nets without Durant, Harden will usually finish a couple rebounds or assists short, Mm -hmm. and they'll lose. And I feel like you can make an argument that anytime Harden's on the court, he's a he's able to do that yeah. but for some reason whatever reason this year he really just hasn't pieced together that many triple doubles and he's still priced like he's still doing what he has done in years past so it's not a matter of if he can or can't do it he clearly can yeah. the point is i'm not sure what the proper odds on triple doubles should be because he's had a lot fewer than what people were expecting up to this point makes sense yeah, that makes sense. I think the last triple double he had, yeah, it was like in back to back games after he came back. Uh, it was Thursday, de- December thirtieth against the Sixers, and then uh, on New Year's Day against the Clippers, where he. Yeah, so it's been just, about three weeks, give or yeah, take. Yeah. And yeah, go ahead. No, but I'm saying, and triple double for plus what? Do you, what do you say the price was? It was three plus four hundred plus three, plus three ten. So yeah. based on that, you're kind of pricing him into a triple double one one out of every three games. 
Yeah. Is he averaging a triple-double one out of every three games? No. no. So I'm not going to bet it. Yeah, that makes sense. And the only one, other one I was looking at is Terry Rozier, possibly tonight on his points prop against uh, Boston. Can I take the uh, over in threes attempted by Terry Rozier? Because I believe he attempted like 15 <laughs> last game in the first half. I was going through his game log. Uh, it was a wild first half in his last game. He attempted yeah. like 11 threes in the first half. It yeah. was crazy. Guy has like the ultimate green like the, the, the yeah. Jordan Clarkson. But uh, that was the only other one that I was looking at here for tonight. Uh, maybe as a bonus one, Terry Rozier to go over 18 and a half points. Uh, yeah, last two games, he's uh, combined for 26 three-point attempts and made only eight uh is, is Lamelo out for this? No, one? he's playing. He's been playing. He is playing because he missed. The, he missed the last game. Yeah, he missed the last game. So yeah, I wasn't sure if that was just rest or that was a a potential injury there. But of course, if, if Lamelo wasn't playing, expect Rozier to shoot it even more. Yeah, I think it was an illness against uh, okay. uh, New York, but it wasn't COVID related. But yeah, uh, I don't see him on the injury report for today, so he should be back. Am I, uh, am I blindly looking at Jokic triple double against the I'll, Clippers? You kind of have to, right? Especially like he's been a monster against them uh, on the boards. They might not win the games because they blew the massive lead last time. Shout out to Denver for blowing another second half lead. But Jokic just walks into triple doubles against that team every time they play. Yeah, it's it's at price at plus two fifty tonight as well. Uh, That seems a little high, doesn't it? Like I feel like just based on the amount of times he's dominated the Clippers, either in the playoffs or in this just this actual season, I feel like that should be closer to like I don't want to say one seventy five, but two to one, shouldn't it? Yeah, I'm just looking at his – the assists just haven't been there for Jokic against uh, the uh, Denver Nuggets. Like, the last triple-double he had was all the way back on January 10th against the uh, L.A. Clippers in 2019. Uh, since wait, who, then, wait, when? Uh, January – No, I'm saying that's Jokic only against the Clippers, right? Yeah, against the Clippers, I mean. Okay, cool. Yeah, I yeah, thought yeah. you meant, like, in general. Like, I'm no, pretty no, no, sure no, he's no. had – okay. No, no, yeah. This was uh, the last triple-double against the Clippers, January 10th, 2019, but – He's, I think if you want to look at a player for him, probably points and rebounds is probably the way to go tonight because uh, yeah. 30 and 14, 26, 22, and 21 and 13 or his last three games. Uh, I just four. do think it's tempting when his last two games, he puts up 17, 13, and 12, and 25, 15, and 14, yeah. and you're getting plus 250 on a triple-double when the only guy they have to match up with him is Zubak. Yeah. Like that, that's, that's a pretty solid matchup there for about plus 250. Yeah, I agree. So, yeah, maybe I'll, I'll take a, a deeper look at that and probably get. You could do a, a player performance boost or double if you want to merge Jokic triple double with Denver money line. Mm, yeah, as an option. Yeah, what was the number you said on that? Uh, let me see what I could find on that. I mean, you mentioned triple double, but I actually have been experimenting with that more. Uh-huh. Where if you like a player to do a certain act or to score thirty plus points, yeah. triple double whatever. If you throw in one of the boosts there for the player performance double where you can get the money line attached to it mm-hmm. and you plug it into like a parlay calculator or something, yeah, you actually might get a better price on some of these books. Some of them, of course, are going to kind of rob you a little bit, yeah, but other ones are actually giving you pretty decent prices. Uh, let me see what I could find here for triple-double. Um, Jokic, Jokic, Jokic. Um, triple-double, oh, that's a terrible price. It's okay. plus 280. See you later. Never mind. Yeah. Take it back. Cool. I'll <laughs> stick with regular triple double. <laughs> All right. So that'll bring us to the end of the prop cast on this Wednesday edition. Uh, a huge menu tonight, obviously with 13 games. So uh, we gave out six and some extra stuff that we just talked about. But uh, Scott, any final thoughts and let the people know where they can find you, man. Uh, there's a lot of games going on tonight. So whatever you choose to pick, hopefully it's a good one because there's a lot of games going on. But you can find me at Rice Show Radio on Twitter and you can really just find me writing or editing on this actual network all the time. Uh, I know the golf gambling podcast is going strong. Uh, they uploaded another podcast last night. Of course, got the prop cast, got the NBA gambling podcast, keep them busy. And I'm looking forward to it becoming even crazier now that the NFL playoffs are starting to really, really ramp up. Yep. Yeah, definitely a lot going on on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. And uh, join us in the conversation as well on the Slack channel, sg.pn slash Slack. Uh, make sure to download the app as well. Head to the Google Play Store or your app store. I forgot uh, to ask you something, by the yeah, way, before yeah. we wrap up. So congrats, by the way, on your future ticket living another day. Are you hedging with Green Bay? I think I kind of have to, right? I think Green Bay is going to kill him. Yeah. But that's just my opinion. Yeah. I, I feel like you can wait until maybe Bosa gets ruled out. The injury didn't look good. I'll tell you that much. But yeah. 
it really seems like a bad spot. Warner's banged up. Bosa's banged up. You're in Green Bay. Garoppolo's got one shoulder at this point with an injured finger as well. Yeah. I don't, I don't really know how they're going to keep it close unless Rodgers just has a terrible game, which I don't see happening. Yeah, I was worried about um, as soon as Bosa went down and then Warner went down as well. I was like, this team might be a little thin on defense. Um, even if they do play, they won't be at 100%. But I, I'll be very surprised if uh, Bosa is out there against Green Bay. And they have, what, the short game on Saturday too, right? So it's a, it's a yeah, good it's Saturday night game. Yeah. So I, it's, I think it's the, technically the second game, but they don't have the extra day of yeah. rest there. But I was curious because I know both of us like San Francisco last week. Can't say I'm surprised by the outcome, yeah. but I was curious if you would hedge in the second round or not because I think Green Bay is the team, especially in Lambeau, yeah. where if they're going to lose, it would probably be this one. And I do think if they could win this game, it might just snowball into a potential Super Bowl appearance. But yeah. going into Green Bay with the guys they're getting back as well, Green Bay's gotten healthier for the last couple of games or for the last couple of days, I should say. Yeah. Not a great spot for San Francisco. Yeah, it's really not, especially, like you mentioned, going into Green Bay. Um, they've played, what, they, they went into L.A. and won that game. They had a road game last week and another road game this week. So definitely the toughest spot for the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, that, yeah, I agree with you that if Packers get past this game, I think they should get to the Super Bowl. But That's why uh, I was curious if you were going to hedge or not. Yeah, I think I was. Also, I was starting to think about that as I started looking at NFL stuff, but I think it's time that we might have to start hedging on that. Uh, what, what price did you get again? I won as, I picked up an early in the season at 18 to one, but I also picked up a 40 to one as well. Okay. Um, on them because it looked like they were not going to make the playoffs, but then they ratted off the wins towards the end mm-hmm. of the season. So I mean, you had me at 18 to one, but 40 to one is just gravy. Yeah. 40 to one as well. So, uh, yeah, definitely have to definitely have to hedge out now. Um, yeah, that's going to be it for the propcast for the NBA edition. We will be back for the NFL propcast uh, with myself and Dan and Rod. So look out for that. And the propcast on uh, Friday for the NBA um, NBA games as well with myself and Will. So, till then, guys, good luck with your bets tonight. Hopefully, we have a great night of prop betting. Uh, let's break these books off and let it ride. <laughs>